Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Prayer House Podcast. Our mission and vision is to spread the gospel and good news to the ends of the world by building a community whose foundation is on Jesus Christ. So welcome to the family. We hope you enjoy this message. Yes, cool. All right. Um, I'm from West Plains, Missouri, really quick. And so my Wi-Fi or my internet may be a little spotty. So... Uh, and I speak, tend to speak really quickly. So if, if you want, if you want, all can be interactive in this. Throw up like, I don't know if they're turtle emojis, but like if I need to slow down, like that's what people do in the chat for Instagram Bible study. They just throw out uh, these little turtle emojis just to tell me to slow down. Um, and it's also part of because of my Wi-Fi. So if, if that it is, I'm just here to share my testimony. Um, most of you don't know me. Um, and so I kind of want to take from Paul. Paul had this the Apostle Paul had this really cool way of introducing himself. Um, when he started books, he went like this. He went, Paul, an apostle, sent not from man, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I was like, dang, Paul. Like, go on, bro. Like, shoot your shot. Like, I mean, that's like some uh, next level stuff uh, where he um, – but, like, it, you, you had to understand Paul, like, when he, um, when he did that. Because before that, before Paul um, – gave this like this, like introduction to himself. He used to be Saul, right? And um, how he was, he had this, uh, he used to say, and this is a testimony that he was sent by the chief priests and the elders. And he studied under Gamaliel and he was like Pharisee of the Pharisees. Like he was, you know, top of the class. Like he was a Malu, basically. Um, he was number one. Um, he was straight A student. Um, and he, when he talked about killing Christians, he's like, I was sent by the authority of the chief priest and the elders and the teachers of the law to kill Christians. And by that authority, I went. And so Paul recognized authority. But then when he, that was his identity before. But then whenever he came to Christ, he said this, Paul, an apostle, said not from man, no by men, but by Jesus Christ. He didn't list his qualifications. He didn't list all his other things. He was uh, known. He's marked by his experience with the Father. And I think that's amazing. Has been marked by your experience with God. And so I want to say, you guys don't know me, but I'm just going to say I'm Josh, sent not from men nor by man, not by prayer house, but by the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm here just to tell you about my, I'm marked by the experience that uh, I had with the Father. And it's the thing is, it's not just one moment in time. It's not just one thing that happened. It's a constant experience with the Lord, a constant relationship that you have with the Lord. See, the thing is about Paul also is that uh, you see in his life that he started his, one of his first books that he says this, that was Galatians. That was one of his early books that he wrote. And then later on, about 10, 11 years down the line, he wrote Philippians. And how he starts himself there in Philippians, he says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. And he recognizes that as you get, as you know more about your father, you learn more about yourself. As you experience more of who he is, as you have a relationship with him, it changes more the God that you worship. Because my identity doesn't come from, I mean, the world tries to make me prove myself all the time. Your parents may ask you to prove yourself. You know, I might, I could tell you about my life and about how, I mean, I used to identify myself about so many different things and I'm going to get to that. But now I'm going to just say, I'm just a servant of Jesus Christ. And so that's what marks me. And that's the experience that Paul had. And um, I think that a lot of us don't have, a, a, we have identity issue because we don't know who our father is. Because knowing who your father is will change the way you live your life. If I, my, my father is a cardiologist. And so if I get 
sick. Um, I just asked my dad, you know, Hey, like, can you send me a prescription? You know, whatever, whatever. Also, he does things that he does, uh, sees me unhealthy and does like random blood tests on me. And he's like, you're getting a little fat. Like what's going on? You're sleeping too much. Is your thyroid like what's wrong with your thyroid or something? I don't know. And so he like checked my blood all the time growing up. So it changed the way I did my life. But at the same time, once I know who the, the king of my father is, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, it will change the way you do life. The thing is you have to know him and it has to become more than just because a lot of us know him like know God like we know George Washington. We know a lot of facts about God. We know a lot of things about God, but we don't know him. Uh, man, that's, that spoke to me. I mean, like, because knowing in the Bible was always so intimate. I'm going to get to my testimony real quick before I start preaching at y'all, before I get start feeling fired up. Um, <clears throat> growing up, uh, I, I, I was known by a lot of things and uh, son of Mary Kovor and um, people, my mom would always say, oh, you know, my son, he knows lots of books of the Bible. I've memorized, I did this thing called Team Bible Quiz. During high school, I memorized books of the Bible. I, probably, I can quote to you scripture after scripture, like 16 books. And so I was known by all these things, um, but I didn't have an experience with God. I didn't have uh, a true experience. I love the Lord, but I didn't have an experience with him. I think an experience with God is like a fire. And um, just because you know God doesn't mean, uh, know of God doesn't mean you had an experience. Let me put it like this way. Um, so if, if you think about the Bible says we have the fire on our altar will never burn out. We think that there, the knowledge that we have is, 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 like, is like wood, right? And the experience that you have then is it's all this wood, but there's no fire. And so the experience with God is a spark that ignites this wood right? And that makes it have the fire of God, but also you need oxygen, which is the love of God. And so this is how you have the fire on the altar, never burning out because you can memorize a lot of scripture and you can know a lot of people on things. And this is why I'm saying to many of you who know a lot of scripture right now. I know someone who did Bible quiz right now and are living as a, um, transgender. Um, but they're also a lesbian transgendered person, meaning that you can memorize a lot of scripture but you can still not know who you are. The thing is, the Bible says, but you say, Josh, you, you can memorize a lot of scripture, but it, it won't change your life. And, and you say to me, maybe, Josh, I, that doesn't make sense. The Bible says, that word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. But the Bible doesn't say, it. yeah, that's true. But it's not, that word have I hidden in my head. It's the word have I hidden in my heart. There has to go, something goes from here to here. And that is an experience with the Lord because I was, so, was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. I was that person. I knew a lot of scripture, but when I went to, when I went to college, um, I was like a good Indian boy. I wanted, uh, I was going to be a doctor. Um, but you know, and, uh, my mom, like when choosing a college, my two brothers went to this small college called jury university in Springfield. My mom said, you can pick any college you want, but you're going to jury cause your brothers are there. I'm like, okay. So uh, I went to jury. I was like, fine. And I'm studying to be a doctor and I'm like, whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm doing all these things. And I first semester, I'm doing well. I'm doing all right. And the first thing that happens, I get a bad grade because I, you know, I start slacking off, you know, the whole thing. And I get a B. And oh, my gosh, a terrible B, whatever. And all of a sudden, disappointment comes in. And, like, what am I going to tell my dad? What to tell my father? And all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to tell him. And all of a sudden, I start hiding and harboring and, and having to sin and start having laziness. And I'm going to tell you, just being a progressive nature in my life, led into depression. To talk to, and and all, I, I'm just saying all these things because... It just took me down this place where 
I was so felt like I disappointed my family. I disappointed my parents. My brother is a, uh, was accepted to med school and he was going to med school. And so he was the role model brother. And then all of a sudden this youngest brother, who's now like not doing well in, in school. And then, so obviously I just started to do things, you know, my parents, my mom made me go to that uh, school. And I felt like the, my whole life, you know, I was like told to what to do. I'm going to do what I came to like, I'm going to please myself. I'm just going to do what pleases me. And so I stopped skipping class. I started, I wanted to do, uh, be a stand-up comedian. I started writing stand-up and started doing stand-up things. I wanted to be a fat comedian, by the way. I wanted to be a fat comedian. So gluttony was a huge thing. I lived off of Panda Express, Steak and Shake, and Waffle House. And um, literally, for those who don't know, just pro tip, Panda Express ends, closes at 10, uh, 10 p.m. Get two Panda Bowls at 10 p.m. so that, you can eat it, then one pint of bowl, then at three in the morning, you can also eat a second pint of bowl. And I gained like grossly, I was grossly, I gained like 40 pounds in like a few months. I had a real good talk with like this guy who put like jelly on my belly because my dad, cardiologist, is like, something's wrong with you. Go check, go like, you know, that guy who puts jelly on your belly and like checks your stuff. Yeah, I, I'm studying to be a doctor right now. So I know this, I know the terminology, but it's much more fun to say that way. Anyways, um, and he was like, there's something wrong with you. I'm like, yeah. He's like, have you been eating a lot recently, eating out? He's like, you have such a fatty liver. And I'm like, dude, let me tell you the story. Anyways, I digress. It's going to become relevant later on. Um, anyway, so I was just being a gluttonous person. I was just doing whatever I want, doing what pleases me. Uh, I got into like some kind of some like self-induced depression kind. I'm not self-diagnosed depression, not induced. Uh, self-diagnosed depression, I feel like. Um, just because I, I, I didn't care what people think. I stayed up uh, really late at night. I, you know, got into pornography. I got into um, all sorts. Of, I skipped all sorts of classes. Didn't care. I shut my room in. I gained like hours. I mean, I was just like Netflix. I took me days. I was so self-indulgent that I took these days. I think call this thing called me days where I bought like a bunch of food, kept it in my truck all day, not sanitary, and just ate and watched Netflix the entire day and skipped class the entire day. I just called it me days. I was like, hey, everyone's like, Josh, where were you in class? I was like, I took a me day and literally just ate food and sat in my truck and watched Netflix. It's going to become relevant. Don't worry. Like, this is making sense. All right. So I went down this path in my life and my, and my mom, obviously praying woman, knows something's wrong with me. My dad can physically see something's wrong with me as well. And um, there's something that's going on in my mind. And there's something that I had all this knowledge, but I didn't have the spark. I didn't have this experience with God. And you realize that sin in your life is like water on that wood. And in any time you try to get into church, anytime you try to do it, there's, there's like, there's, it won't happen. Even if there's the fire of God there, even if the presence of God is there, there's no spark in your life because there's so much of water on your wood. But how many of you want to praise God that God can consume a sacri- an altar that is full, that's been drenched with water? I, we serve a God who, like when Elijah was pointing out sacrifice and that they dumped water on it, our God can consume that sacrifice with water. That, that's, that's been consumed with water. Um, anyways, one of, these, one of these weekends I came home and I'm trying to, like, you know, justify. Uh, it's not that I did bad in tests. I, I, I show my parents um, that, hey, look, I, I did well on a test, but I'd skip class. So my grades were just plummeting. But I did well in tests. I just didn't go to class. And it was a small liberal arts college. And you just get uh, grade deductions just for not going. You had letter deductions for not missing for like four classes periods. Anyways, so I was doing horrible. Anyways, my mom one time told me uh, when I came home, she was like, God's telling me from the Holy Spirit that you're not going to graduate. And I was like, okay, my grades are bad. They're like 
really bad, like C's and B, but I'm like not that bad. I'm doing well enough in tests to compensate. I'm like doing me days. I'm not doing that bad. That that's kind of ridiculous. So I was like, whatever. I'm, I'm forget it. Still continue to live my life, and this is it. Uh, the end of my and st- in the beginning of my senior year, um, what happened was that there is when you graduate. For those of you who haven't graduated, you have to get your like majors declared, and you have to get like it's signed by so many people. I don't know if this is just my college, but you had to get it signed by so many different like department heads and all these different things. And apparently they had been calling me a lot to get this done for like like months and like things. But the thing is, I was that person that they would call me because I'd been missing class and I'd be like, I'm not going to answer it to my university. It's a small university that's like getting on to me. I'm like, I'm paying for this, whatever, like stop talking, calling me. Anyways, so I was taking a me day, skipping class and I get a call from the school. And um, I'm like, ignore like nope <laughs> but all of a sudden it goes off again and got and all i hear is a voice that says pick up the phone and i'm like no 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 i'm like god doesn't speak to us like that i've been in church long enough god is like thou shalt obey thy father thou thus speaks differently than that he doesn't speak up the phone so I'm just like, okay, not going to pick up the phone. I'm just going to leave it going. I'm just going to continue watching The Office, I think I was at the time. I was literally sitting in the parking lot of the science center that's supposed to go in, eating food, and just not going to class. I was literally right. You can be so close and miss the mark, by the way. I know there's a lot of things that God teaches me through all these things. But anyways, so sitting there, ignoring that class, um, and all of a sudden, God's like, listen to the voicemail. And I'm like, I'm not going to listen to a voicemail. I didn't pick up the phone. I'm not who listen, who, who leaves voicemails, by the way, what is this? This is like 2016. Like who leaves voicemails anyways? So I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. Um, anyways, so I, I finally, I just keep hearing it. Pick up the, pick up the voice, listen to the voicemails. I listen to the voicemail, I pick it up. And all of a sudden it's this woman who's very upset at me, which understandably she's like, Josh, I just want to let you know that today was the deadline for you to turn in all those things. We've been trying to get a hold of you for months and you have ignored our calls. You have not answered us. And I'm just going to like, it's due today at like one o'clock. It was like or three o'clock. It was one o'clock at the time. It's due at three o'clock. And I'm just going to let you know that you are probably not going to graduate. So this is just a courtesy call. Just kind of say that you probably won't graduate unless you can get it done in two hours, which I highly doubt you can. Anyways, basically I switched it. So I call her immediately back and I'm like, panic, like your stomach drops. And I'm like, all right, I got to call. I got to call. So I call her and I'm like, Hey, hi, how's it going? Oh my gosh. You sound so great. You sound lovely today. How are you? Okay. And I was like, is there any way I can graduate? And she said, you know, Josh, we've been trying to get a hold of you for months. You've been skipping class. You've been doing all these different things. Honestly, we're just, I'm kind of fed up at this point. I was like, okay. And, uh, I was, I was feeling really guilty at this point. And she's like, well, there are, you have to get uh, signatures from the head of the science department, head of the chemistry department, head of the, like all these different things. You have to get like eight different signatures I had to get. And she's like, there's no reason for all of them to be here today, but you can try. And I was like, I can try. I was like, yeah, should I come to my office and pick it up if you want? But I'm just going to let you know that you're probably not, it's probably not going to be possible. They're not going to be here today. So I just like, let me try. And so I ran, grabbed the paper and like forth, like all of this, my head was like run, force, run. Like I was like this brown, like, you know, 
uh, like a shooting star, except brown rounded on the ground. Um, Aziz Ansari, by the way. Um, anyways, so I was just running and I was looking for these teachers. And literally, I don't know how it happened, but every single one of them was there. Like literally they were about to leave. They're like, hey, I'm about to leave. And I'm like, can you sign this? They're like, yeah, sure. And they just signed it. And every single person, I don't know how, eight, and literally I run back an hour and 45 minutes of running back in, like across campus. Like I don't have, I'm just running. Like biggest workout of my life. And you ought to see, I was a heft, I'd gained like 40 pounds, by the way. And so I was not like forest shape. I was like, I was gump. I was in forest. I was gump. I mean, that was, uh, anyways. So I was just running and out of breath and sweaty. And I am <laughs> trying to get these signatures. And literally I run into the office with all eight, not even registering what's going on. I, I'm not in shock of what's going on. And I just drop it off. And this woman looks at me in disbelief. And she looks at the paper and looks at me, looks at the paper and like, it's like double taking. And she's like, Josh, I wish I could hold you. She literally said these words to me. I wish I could hold you back to see that you don't deserve this. And first of all, I, in my head, I was like, first of all, that's no way to be treating a graduate. <laughs> like, no, no. But uh, anyways, uh, the whole time I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like the whole time, like looked down and said, sorry. And um, I was like, where's my congratulations? No, she didn't say any congratulations. She just took it upset she's like i wish i could hold you back to see that you don't deserve this that you can't keep getting away with this and i just said sorry and i just ran off and um i went to back to my apartment and i picked up my bible which i hadn't done obviously in a long time and i looked at it and i opened the book bible and it, i know it doesn't happen like i know everyone's like oh my gosh they opened the bible trick i know but it, it actually it worked this time i don't know i opened the bible and it's romans 5 8 it's a verse I memorized. It's a verse that I had studied. It's a verse that I had, again, it was in my head, but isn't in my heart. It's a verse I memorized so much. And um, it says this, but God commends us. God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it, I just started bawling. Because in that moment, God said, I show you my love in this way while you were still sinning. In this moment, while you were still sinning, while you're still choosing to disobey me, while you're still choosing to run away from me, when you said that your plan, my plan, like when you just wanted to have your days, me days, God said, I love you. And um, that moment, I'm marked by that experience that changed my life. That experience has just shaped that it has been that spark that has ignited this fire in me and the love of God and all the, 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 things that I'd struggled with in my past and all those things that happened just wiped away in that moment of love. God's love just hit me so hard and my life has changed forever. The thing is, we don't know God. We, we the Bible says this, you know, everyone knows, knows the Bible says this His divine power in second Peter one verse three says this His divine power has given us everything we need for our life and for godliness. Mic drop, right? Everyone's like, I should be done. All right. It's time to go guys. Boom. All right. I'll see you guys next week or whatever. No, but the verse doesn't end there. It says it happens through our knowledge of him who calls us by his own glory and goodness. God has given us everything we need for life, for godliness, for all the things that you need in life. But it happens through our knowledge of him. But knowing is so intimate. The Bible says Adam knew Eve and then conceived. Wow, that's pretty intimate. 
right? That's the knowing that God's asking. It's like, it's like, I know it's like, no, do you know me in the biblical sense? No, I mean, like, it's, do you know God? Do you know him intimately? Because, oh man, I'm going to get into these verses here. And this is, this is what God's directing me with. Jesus said to this, this woman at the well, this woman at the well was in John chapter four. Um, she was drawing water and she's like, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the wall is deep. Where can you get this living water? And he said, if you only knew who it is that asked you for a drink, if you knew who I was, if you only knew who I was, then you wouldn't have to keep coming here to draw water. Guys, if, if you only knew who your God was, if you only knew, you wouldn't have to keep on drawing from other things. You would draw from the well. You would draw from that living water. If you only knew Jesus, if you only really knew him. The thing is, what God is showing is that we live such a double culture. We have such an identity crisis because we don't know who our father is. You know, we live as Malayalis. Most of us here are Malayalis. I don't know if there are any not Malayalis here. Um, but we're so used to living two cultures. An Indian culture, when we're at home, we drink tea, tea time, chai, you know, nice. Um, and we have prayer time. We have, we have our you know, family prayer at nine or, or whatever time you have it. And, um, but when you go to, and when you go to school, you're so American, yo, what up, dude? Yo, bruh, like, stop, like, bet. Like, yeah. All right. Flossing. I don't know. I don't know what kids do as he did. Anyways, we were so used to living two cultures at home and at, at school that we're also used to living two cultures in church and at, at, at uh, school and at work. We live a God culture, we live a church culture, and we're like, oh yeah, love Jesus. But then when we go, like, it's so, it's so infuriating to me that people go to the church and then immediately from service or immediately from a PCNAC conference into the, the club. And it doesn't bother me that, like, they, they, they go to the club. It bothers me that they say that God's presence wasn't good enough for them, so they go and, and draw from something else. They can go immediately from being in the presence of God to something else and say, because the presence of God didn't fill them. Right? And we're so used to living two cultures that we do it all the time. And what God is saying, a God culture, it, it supersedes anything else. Know who your father is. Know who I've called you to be. You know what the Bible says in Romans 8? They say creation groans as impales of child, pains of childbirth for the sons of God to recognize and daughters of God to realize who they are. Why does the all creation groan? Why does creation, they want you to know who you are because this. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. Everyone's been quoting it during COVID, right? That God will forgive our sins and heal our land. Our land needs healing. As you think, if you see what's going on in our world today and you don't think our land needs healing, open your eyes. Like there is a land that needs healing. There's people that are divided, but only happens when you know, it says, if my people who are called by my name, we don't know who we are. We don't know his name. We don't know the name that's been written on us. We don't know him. God says in Isaiah 1, 3, that a donkey knows its master and an ox knows its master and donkey knows its manager. But my people, Israel, they, they don't, my people lack because of, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. We don't know him. Because if we knew him, our land would have healing. If we knew him, we would do life differently. If you knew who it is that asked you for living water, he told that woman in the well, you would never have to keep drawing. If you knew truly, you would never go to that club. 
If you knew who it is asked for, you never hit pick up that bottle. You would never do all those things because it is God who sustains you and fills you up and you have no desire. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't want anything else. But if the Lord is not your shepherd, yeah, of course you're going to draw from so many different things. I draw for so many things. I went to food, to, to, to depression, to gaming, to pornography, to all these things in my life to fill up this void inside of me, this identity, because I, I, I disappointed my family, everything. But God said, I am mar- I'm marked by my relationship with him because I loved you. That's who you are. And that identity is not just one-time experience. I have it daily. And now my identity has been grown because I know more about my father. I'm a servant. I'm a son. I'm a worshiper. I'm not limited to people are like, oh, I'm not a prayer warrior. The Holy Spirit's inside of you. Every gift of the Holy Spirit, we have all operated in some quantities. So if you say, oh, I'm not, I'm not a prayer warrior, that doesn't mean I don't have the gift of prayer, so I'm never going to pray. I don't have the gift of teaching, so I'm never going to teach. I'm never, I, I, I'm not, I don't have the gift of, of evangelizing, so I'm never going to preach the gospel. We all have the Holy Spirit inside of us, so the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we all operate to some degree. So understand, but the thing is, we don't know these things because we don't know who our God is. It's not about looking inward. It's about looking at who our God is. I know I'm taking so much of time here, but I'm just like, God, I, I, I just, we need to know because God has never meant us to look at ourselves. We were never meant to look inward. We're always meant to fix our eyes on Jesus. Take back to the garden. This I'm going to end with this. Take back to the garden of Eden. Adam and Eve walked with God and they were naked. Have you ever seen naked and afraid? Naked and afraid. Y'all shouldn't be watching naked and afraid. Uh, basically Game of Thrones up in there. Okay, anyways. Um, so... Uh, they were never supposed to be naked. They were naked and not afraid. Naked and not ashamed. Because the glory of God was on them. But ha- what happened when they sinned? They looked inward. They were never supposed to look. And, and interesting enough, right? When God said, I never saw this until I started understanding my identity. And God started speaking this over me when I read Genesis. When they sinned, they fell naked and they, and, they, and, they, and they hid. And what did God say to them? And I never thought it was love, but I just realized in that moment. He said to them, who told you that you were naked? A little girl comes for, is going to school for her first time. And um, she goes to school and she's hanging out and she's meeting all these people. And this little boy says to her, you're ugly. She goes, she starts crying and crying and crying. She goes back home. She says, dad, am I ugly? He says to her, who told you that you were ugly? God told Adam and Eve, and I never saw his love. Who told you that you were anything less than what I've called you to be? And that is my glory, and that is my image. Who told you? I have put you, called you to be my image. I've called you to be me. My image, not you. You're never supposed to look at yourself. I've called you to be me to the people on this earth. I've called you to showcase the glory, my glory. But somehow we allow other things to identify us. So I encourage you to have an experience with God. Taste and see that he's good. Taste and see that he is good. A lot of times this, and uh, sorry, I'm, and I know I'm taking a lot of time. I know we had to get prayer. But I, I have this analogy that I always use that my mama makes the best fried chicken in the world. My mama makes the best fried chicken you've ever tasted. Makes it. And if I told you that every day since you were little, my mama makes the best fried chicken you've ever had. And you've never had it. You never tasted it. But I told you every day, every day. My mama makes the best fried chicken ever. 
one day someone asks you, who makes the best fried chicken? You're like, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I've heard Josh's mom. He tells me every day that she makes the best fried chicken. God says the same. We, we tell, we, we have the same thing in church. God, we told God is the best thing you'll ever have. They, oh, God is the best. Go. But we've never, we've never experienced him. And we'll tell other people, oh, he's so good, but you've never experienced him in your life. That's why God said, taste and see that I am good. Taste and see that I'm more than just something you do on Sundays. I'm more than just an Instagram post. I'm more than just Facebook wokeness. I'm more than just calling out other believers on, on, on you know, social media. God is so much more. He's an everyday experience, an everyday encounter. And Paul understood that. And so I want you, I, I encourage you all, be marked by our relationship. Be marked by your relationship with God. Be marked by your experience. And I have been. I've been forever changed. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And we encourage you to keep searching God's word and listening to his voice. We'll see you again on the next one.